Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. My name is Jack Lindstrom, your host with the Green Earth Podcast, and today we're going to discuss one of the most pressing environmental issues, global warming. Now, many of you may be familiar with global warming. However, there is a lot of false knowledge out there. That's why today we'll bring in some guests, speakers for today's podcast, so we know what is said is true. So, for our listeners who are not too familiar with global warming, also known as climate change, is basically where carbon dioxide is released by humans into the atmosphere and creates what is known as a greenhouse effect. There are numerous scientific studies that have proven this true. However, others still believe that climate change is a coincidence and caused from Earth simply aging. Irregardless, the trapping of greenhouse gases into the atmosphere results in dangerous effects such as rising sea levels, severe weather events, and droughts. Today I will explain and bring in some experts to convince you that 1. Global warming is in fact caused by humans, and 2. There are multiple ways to reduce our carbon dioxide emissions to limit greenhouse gas exposure. Before we get into the numerous ways to reduce carbon emissions and save our planet, I'm going to prove that global warming has been caused by humans. Just because that is a necessary logical argument to establish ways we as humans can reduce global warming. It is agreed upon everything that greenhouse gases in the atmosphere trap heat. Though this has been proven for centuries, scientists are now suggesting that humans release carbon dioxide into the atmosphere and is for sure the reason for the change in climate. According to the Environment, a magazine published by scientists, the 12 warmest years in recorded history have come in the last 15 years. In addition to Earth's rising temperatures, the Arctic sea ice is shrinking to, to its smallest record size and sea levels are rising. This could only have been a result of human interference. If you're still not convinced, according to Ricardo Salvador, an internationally renowned argonomist, he explains it as this. Basically, the atmospheric concentration of CO2 did not rise above 300 parts per million between the coming home, the coming of human civilization roughly 10,000 years ago to the year 1900. Today, there's a level of 400 parts per million, a level that has not been reached in more than 400,000 years. I really think this shines light on the fact that this is not a coincidence that after industrial age, all of a sudden, the CO2 emissions have exponentially increased. Obviously, our planet would benefit the most if emissions were eliminated completely. However, that is not likely anytime soon. Therefore, I believe minimizing them and trapping them underground is a sufficient solution until we can find an alternative fuel. A friend of mine, juice geologist Martin Cassidy, Harvard graduate, is here to today to explain this more. Hey, Jack. Thanks for having me on today. Basically, the idea is a commercial turbine burning coal the dirtiest of fossil fuels, but then it traps nearly all the carbon dioxide produced underground before reaching the atmosphere. The greenhouse gas is pumped into the porous, water-bearing underground rock layers. Because of the United States having the largest capacity of CO2 storage, it would work excellent. However, it can work all over the world. So what, hap- what actually happens underground, and how can we make sure that it won't ex- escape? Good question. 
So the CO2 is pumped into the formations under rocks where it gradually dissolves in salty water and mineralizes. Myself and other researchers believe that aquifers can even store the emissions for centuries before any gas escapes, while some adversaries think small particles too small to detect can escape. That has been proven false. A pyramine geoscientist, March Hess, University of Texas, came to the conclusion that out of 1.6 gigatons of gas trapped underground, the reservoir only a fifth has dissolved over 1.2 million years. In other words, the researchers found that out that it is an equivalent of 75 years of emissions from a single 500 megawatt coal power plant. Does that answer your question? Yes, thanks for coming on today. The second popular proposal being made to save our planet is simply transferring from fossil fuels to renewable resources. This would dramatically decrease the amount of emissions, hence reducing the effects of global warming. I have another guest I would like to introduce you to so you can briefly explain the importance of this shift to renewable energy. Here is Boston, a scientist that works for the organization called the Union of Concerned Scientists. Thanks, Jack. As always, it's a pleasure to be on your show. So basically, opposed to generating massive amounts of emissions, renewable resources produce little to no global warming emissions. My organization and I, the Union of Concerned Scientists, compared the amount of emissions from several energy sources. For fossil fuels, coal emits between 1.4 and 3.6 pounds of carbon dioxide. Renewable resources like wind, on the other hand, are responsible for only 0.02 to 0.04 pounds of carbon dioxide. Geothermal, 0.1 to 0.2, solar, 0.7 to 0.2, and hydroelectric between 0.1 and 0.5. This clearly represents how renewable resources contribute to far less global warming. This transfer of renewable resources has already started. But to really see a difference, we need to continue this pattern through windmills, dams, solar panels, and other systems. I helped with a study by the U.S. Department of National Renewable Energy Laboratory, who made a groundbreaking prediction on the transfer of renewable resources. The study found that if 80% of the United States' electricity is generated from renewable resources by 2050, it could help reduce the electricity sector emissions by approximately 81%. The final way carbon emissions can be decreased is through carbon capping and trade to economically and environmentally curb emissions. This is a market-based strategy that can be used to lower global warming emissions. The The goal is to put an actual price on carbon emissions so low carbon energy options are used more in production and consuming consumption choices. I don't have a guest speaker, however, an article published by the Union of Concerned Scientists considered the most knowledgeable on global warming explains it as follows. Putting a price on carbon helps incorporate climate risk into the cost of doing business. Emitting carbon becomes more expensive and consumers and producers seek ways to use technologies and products that generate less of it. Works by instituting laws and regulations that would limit carbon emissions from particular industries. For example, if we, if the cap was at 10,000 tons of carbon, then there would be 10,000 one-ton allowances. The cap would decline over time, thus reducing the emissions in total. The trade part comes into effect when the power plant operators could acquire allowances through an auction. Once they have their allowances, the operators could trade or sell allowances freely among eligible market participants. Because a set allowance and are valuable, those close to the capital try to cut their emissions to reduce the number of allowances they need to purchase. 
This method of reducing carbon emissions in big industries is considered by a powerful, efficient, and flexible tool for helping address climate change. It is supported by experts, businesses, policymakers, states, and countries. Thanks for joining me for this week's podcast. I hope I proved to you that humans are the cause for global warming or climate change. Changes in temperature, weather, melting ice, and other hazardous conditions are a direct correlation from humans releasing fossil fuels. In order to protect the planet and keep humans safe, there are several strategies to reduce emissions and remain an efficient society. Trapping emissions underground, switching to natural resources, and carbon capping in industries are all sufficient ways to reduce the emissions. Negative trends are already being seen in the environment, and these strategies need to be implemented to reduce the effects of climate change. Until next time, this is your host, Jack Winstrom. Take care.